In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. Good morning, Greece. I'm here with my co-host, Jack. Jack, how are you, buddy? I'm good. I don't even know when the last time was I did back-to-back podcasts. Mate, we're taking you out of retirement, but I think that leads us nicely onto our next topic. Oh, that was a smooth transition. So, um, Andrew Luck obviously announced his retirement yesterday. I think he'll be back in one to two years if he can fully recover by uh, getting away from the league. So, I think it's the right move for him. Um, because if he's going to come back to the player he once was, then that's what it's going to take. But um, in terms of the Browns, it takes sort of a uh, conference rival out of the picture, um, even though Brissett's quite good. So um, all the best to Andrew Luck. But uh, yeah, I'm not, um, I'm not unhappy that he's uh, out the way because they were a uh, formidable foe for the next uh, three to four years, especially with Ballard that's up there with one of the best GMs in the league. How do you uh, feel about the O-line, the Colts O-line? Do you think that was something to play with all his injuries or just uh, bad luck? And that's not a bad pun, I apologise. So when Grigson was there, the O-line was woeful, um, who was the previous GM. When Ballard came in last year, they actually had eight O-linemen with above average PFF grades, which is insane for a level of depth. So um, Ballard has sorted it out and they are a lot better. But yeah, when it was under uh, Grigson, he did a Absolute awful job. Um, I wasn't swear there, but uh, we are a family show. Um, so, yeah, it's um, Grigson has a lot to blame. Um, I, I think he faced like the most pressures and most hits in, I think it was 2016, but that might be wrong. Um, check out uh, Warren Sharp did a uh, thread on it. Now, if you retire as a Colt, does that mean if you do come back, you have to go straight back to the Colts? Yep. So his rights are uh, protected by the Colts. So, yeah, he would go back there. Uh, any other Browns-related NFL news? So there's a there's a chap that uh, just became a starting running back last night. So Duke Johnson is now starting running back. So if you're in a fantasy league, make sure you pick him up. The value is probably going to be really good. Lamar Miller ACL, I believe it's it's definitely a CL. So um, he is out for the season. Um, meaning, keep an eye out, Duke Johnson. Um, pick up some shares there. Um, I am chasing them. Most of them I'd already picked up in the last few weeks because I thought Duke Johnson might even beat out Lamar Miller. But uh, now Lamar Miller's out of the way. That's going good. There's a chance, though, that you're going to see maybe a player like Jay Ajayi probably land at the Texans. I think that probably makes a lot of sense. Once he's finishing rehab, he's probably going to be a Texan running back. Yeah. How would you feel, though, if Duke Johnson was your number one battering round uh, running back? Well, in 2017, one of the worst offenses in NFL history with the Browns, um, he was actually the number 11 PPR running back. So um, I would get Duke Johnson shares in fantasy. I think he's a good player. Um, we've seen the likes of Kareem Hunt, the sort of more primary receiving backs, go out and do a good job. So I'm not saying he is, not Kareem Hunt, um, Kamara. 
Um, so even though we've seen those sorts of players go out and do well, I think he'll do a solid job. He played all 16 games for the last four years. Um, he looks like he sometimes carries a knock, but he limps on. He always powers through. So um, I feel quite optimistic. I think he's a good player. Um, hopefully they can unlock the potential because the potential is certainly there. We've just never really quite seen it on a consistent basis. And um, Rod Johnson, another fifth round, sixth round Browns pick 2017. Um, been reports he's going to be the starting uh, tackle. Yeah, I've, I've seen some reports. Um, haven't seen too much of them, but uh, it'll be interesting to see once the uh, season's going at the end of the day. The uh, Texans O-line has been woeful um, for the past few years, so it'll be an interesting one to uh, see how he does. Do I think any other Browns things we've seen over the news over the last 24 hours? I don't think so off the top of my head, but... um... Well, here's here's one for you, mate. Let's go back to the Browns game on Friday night. They had a... um, the Buccaneers were the, are the first team to have a uh, like kind of like an ex-ref on their team making calls on uh, challenges. Do you think the Browns should go for something like that as well? The key thing is to have someone who um, Kitchens has full confidence in because whatever that person comes out with, he has to have the belief that they've made the decision right. So a ref would be an interesting one to go to. Um but uh, we saw the ref, or the guy in the sand who was the ex-ref, he got it wrong. So um, it's not always just a guarantee because he's been an ex-ref. We've all obviously looked at the screen during uh, sports games. I know any sports fan has shouted the ref, um, followed by several expletives. Um, so just because they were a ref don't always mean they know the rules and they know what the refs are going to say. So it's a sensible move. I think it's an interesting one to monitor. Um, especially as the rules get more and more complex and there's more and more different challenges allowed. So um, it's certainly one I think teams will be monitoring, um, but it's about finding the right person. And they don't have to just be a ref. They just have to know the rules really, really, really well. What do you think the percentage of him having to be correct to keep his job for the next year? Um, I don't think it's sort of a percentage at the end of the day. It, it has to be lined up with somebody else because he might say that one's wrong. Let's overturn it. And the team might just go, actually, we're not going to call it because it's such a minor penalty that gives us a small advantage. So I think he's probably quite safe there in a job unless you get some absolute howler wrong. Mm. One thing that um, reflecting now, uh, Gibbert didn't play at all against the uh, Buccaneers. Yeah, I think um, they gave him, obviously, a a massive part of the game in the second game. I think it was to balance out and give everyone a shot in the same way that, like, Sieber got all the kicking. I think they're just giving people extended runs. So I don't read anything into it. It might mean that he's actually racked up a roster spot. So um, that might be the conclusion there that he's he's on um, the team. So they don't need to test it out. Um, Just more on uh, roster spots. Freddie Kitchens has basically said no starters will play um, our next preseason game. So does that mean basically people playing they're basically out of a job? They're not out of a job. They're just not one of the starting 22 players. So, yeah, yeah, it doesn't mean they're out of a job. But, um, yeah, in terms of the starting 22, apparently we're not going to see him. 
Another point I made was uh, Greg Robinson gave away a few penalties in that game, which is not good to see. Yeah, everyone that watched the games last season should have realised Greg Robinson and you could probably include Hubbard were absolute dog. Um, People looked at the sack numbers and they're not really understanding that sacks are such a minute part of the game that you can't judge whether a a player was good or bad based on just sacks. Sacks are obviously important to protect the health of a quarterback. We might have stopped sacks, but the pressure rate was really high. So Baker actually did a really good job of covering a high amount of pressure. Um, it was one of the sort of worst bits of tackle play um, from those guys. I'm going to try to dig out the tweet and see if I retweeted it yesterday when I saw it. But um, no, there's just some really bad, bad tackle play. Um, no one should be surprised because they're not good tackles. So um, yeah, it's one of them that we need to upgrade. Larry Tunzel from... Um, Miami is apparently available for a trade. I don't know what it's going to cost, but uh, it'd be certainly something I'd be having a uh, look at. Yeah, we're, we're coming to uh, less than a week now until we've got to put our team, our 53-man roster together. So, um, squeaky bum time. Oh, it's certainly squeaky bum time. Um, but they, they're going to do a job, so um, it's not sort of end-of-the-world stuff. But uh, yeah, I would be looking at how we can uh, up the game and get a little bit more out of our uh, tackles. I got quite a lot of response from this tweet yesterday I posted, Jack. Uh, With a week to go, all the NFL teams cut their rosters down to 53. I still believe there are six position rooms in the Browns where Dorsey may pick talent from other NFL teams. And I went with tight end, wide receiver, running back, Obviously, the O-line, defensive tackle and kicker. What do you uh, feel about that, Jack? Right, so run through one by one. Tight end. Tight end. Yeah, we're certainly searching for tight end. We've got two tight ends that we really like. We're certainly getting somebody else. Um, Brown's daily mock draft It wasn't based on any reports or anything he said, but he threw out Sefta Valve to the Patriots. I could so see that. And then uh, it goes really well. And then as a... Uh, our good friends in Surviving the Season always say, could have had him. We could have had him when uh, Sefta Valve goes off with the Pats. So, yeah, tight end is a yes. I, I fully agree with you there. Wide receiver. No, I, I don't think we're looking for anyone there. I think we're overloaded. We're going to be cutting players they'll want to keep. I think they're really happy that Montgomery got an injury and they moved him to IR. But, um, no, I, I don't think they will be looking to add anyone else there. Well, here we go, mate. So, let's... Let's go with uh, OBJ, Landry, and Higgins safe. Yep. Callaway, week five, I guess, guess he comes back? Yeah. yeah so, and then you got Willie's strong. Yep. And then it's whichever right. sort of uh, Spratley, person they like most. Maybe maybe uh, they release a, a wide receiver that they, they prefer over someone like Ratley, maybe. Um, I, where it's only for four weeks, because this sixth sort of wide receiver is probably the one that will get released when um, Callaway comes back. They'll want someone that already knows the special teams, um, rotations and things like that. So that's why I just believe that they're only going to take someone internal. Um, they wouldn't be looking for external because... 
if they pick someone up, they're not wanting to develop this person because they're going to get cut after four weeks. Callaway will come back. Um, so I, I can't see it. Um, at the end of the day, Dorsey will do weird and wonderful and unusual things at times. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I can't see us um, grabbing someone. Running back? I think they really, really like Dearness Johnson. So I'm going to say no, they stick on the three they've got. Um, unless, um, because I don't think we saw anything in the third game from Hilliard. Um, so as long as Hilliard's fit and healthy, then uh, I think we stick on the three. I think it'll be Chubb, Hilliard and Dearness Johnson. But surely if someone betters out there, they would upgrade on the Ernest Johnson? Yeah, potentially. Um, I don't think... Are they going to go get JJ? Um, I don't think so. Um, I don't know how many better players there are out there. I think there's some more bodies that could run around, but it's your third running back. So I would say I, th- I think they really like him. All the There's been lots of positive quotes from him, um, from coaches. Some of them saying probably the most improved player through camp so um no I, th- I think they uh, really like the guy no i get that and uh i personally like him uh, a lot as well i think he's a great uh, body to have in undrafted free agent doing well great value great stock got no reason to but if there was a better person then um, maybe an upgrade what's your next one? O-line. i know it's very general um, it's certainly if there's anyone they think, um, then they'll grab them. It's you, there's you, not usually much talent out there, is the trouble. Um, I they will certainly be looking for names, but maybe uh, a trade, trade, yeah. Um, Trent Williams, you've got um, you've got Laramie Tunzil. If you want to go big names, they're both there, but um. Who knows? Yeah, you could certainly pick up maybe some depth stuff just for cut down. It wouldn't surprise me if we see one, maybe two sort of fifth, sixth, seventh round picks traded by Dorsey to pick up some players that are going to get cut by other teams um, because he wants to jump on them. So um, I think that's probably what you're going to more likely see rather than the, the high end Tunzils. Um, you're going to see a low end trade. The Pats love doing it as well, sort of player for player is a big thing for the Eagles as well so I think you'll see a few little moves around Uh, defensive tackle yeah I think we're certainly looking for people you've got two fantastic starters um, and then after that you've got some people that are flashing the fourth quarter of preseason games which means nothing really Um, so I I think yeah if they can find anyone then they'll go with it Um, yeah I, I, I think but who's going to be out there that's an interesting question, but no, I, th- I think they could probably find someone. You yeah, picked up that uh, Devon uh, Lawrence guy um, with a seventh round last year at the end of the waiver wire. So it'd be interesting to know uh, if we pick up anyone similar like that. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's going to be interesting. Ho- hopefully he makes the roster. Um, but I, w- I want to see some more from him um, because he's been very impactful right at the end of games, but that's usually when you're against like the second or third O-line. So they're not very good. And I think we picked up uh, Whitehead end of last year as well, similar time. Got released yeah. from the Packers. I'm, I'm trying to think if that was when the sea. I think it was already when the season had started. I think it was around week four or five. Um, I'm not entirely well, I, sure. I know he did that. Um, 
he got uh, Simbin from the Packers, didn't he? Doing something crazy. So yeah, I think it. Uh, I think it was a yeah, late penalty. You are correct, mate. Um, we claimed him November the seventh, two thousand eighteen, off waivers. I knew it was a waiver claim, so yeah. Um, yeah. No, but it will be all looking to add people at any point. If there's talent available, the trouble's going to be our waiver claim is awful this year. Um, we don't have the number one waiver claim for the whole season, so uh, it makes it a lot harder to pick up players. And the last kicker. Um, yeah, if if there's a kicker out there, they like. I think they might roll into the season with one of our two kickers, and then um, they'll start um, looking and bringing in players and giving people tryouts. So I think they're going to roll probably with Siebert, just because he's got more draft capital in him, and then yeah, he could be gone by week at the end of week one. Yeah, crazy, eh? Um... Are you, uh, is your money on Austin? I think he's definitely the favourite at the moment. Um, I think we, I'm not sure if we'll then just go see a whole game of um, Greg Joseph in the fourth preseason game, but um, it's going to be interesting to keep an eye on. Um, but I think Siebert is now, the, I, I think Siebert was the favourite and I, I said it to you on, when we were doing draft coverage. Um, as soon as there was draft capital in a player, he instantly becomes the favourite. Um, so I, I think Siebert will roll in to week one of the season. By week two of the season, he could easily be gone. Do you think there's any draft capital in Greg Joseph? No, we didn't. Um, we didn't draft him. So yeah, there's n- there's no capital in him. Sorry, do you think? Um, sorry, trade. Uh, sorry, oh, trade. No, no one wants Greg Joseph. Not even Greg Joseph's mama draft Greg Joseph in a fantasy league. <laughs> I'm sure they would. <laughs> not, not, not this year. Nah, he'd just be sat on the waiver wire forever. All right, excellent. Well, Jack, it's been a pleasure to speak with you. Anything else you want to discuss? Um, yes, there is. There is an article I read this week in The Ringer by a Mr. Kevin Clark um, because they've been doing a special um, this week on um, sort of what makes the Cleveland Browns the it team and uh, welcome to trust the Browns process week. So it's on lots of stuff on how the Browns have been built and lots of other things. But there were some really interesting quotes in there from John Dorsey, because as you know, I've come on this show several times and spoke about in the future. If the Browns make some silly moves, then it can really hurt them. Um, And then I also spoken about things like why trading a quarterback at the end of his rookie contract could be a good idea depending on how he develops and everyone and everyone's dogs called me a lunatic and said no sound person's mind no person with sound mind would ever come out with that stuff so now we can confirm that John Dorsey has said exactly what I said um it must mean that John Dorsey is also a lunatic and all Browns fans hate him as well so I was just going to read a couple of sections from this and I'd encourage all fans to go and read it so um is the bit from um, in halfway down. Um, I ask him whether he's ever thought about the somewhat revolutionary idea of a team operating by continually turning over cheap quarterbacks and never signing one to an extension. Dorsey said, we've talked about it and I deal with the present and 
the present is I like the situation right now. So it's certainly an idea that they've spoke about. I think Baker Mayfield will become a good enough quarterback. And we are going to talk about it later week. How many quarterbacks on veteran deals are worth signing um, and how many should never have been signed to a big deal. Um, but then the other part was also very interesting. Um, Dorsey said, I don't think you get more aggressive um, now after this off season. You, can ha- you have to begin to forecast the future and see what's out there three years from now in terms of asset allocation. I think you have to be smart about how you construct your team the next three years because you know that these two years you can be a tad aggressive but you know that along the way we're going to have to pay for being that aggressive if you get to the path you think you're going to. So Dorsey's talking there about it's really important to have cap flexibility. The decisions you make now will have serious consequences in three years' time. So Browns fans might not like what I'm saying, but Dorsey is saying exactly the same thing. So sorry, guys. Um, Welcome to reality is all I've really got to say. It really did make me laugh when I read that because Browns fans haven't liked what I've said. But if John Dorsey's saying the same thing, it might be time to wake up and smell the coffee. Uh, when was that article uh, wrote, mate? So the article dropped on the Ringer. It was on the 19th, so six days ago. Maybe you can put a link on your Twitter to it. But the, um, the question is, when would, did Dorsey get asked them questions? It's all this off-season, sort of after all the trading and everything. So it's very, very recent. Um, we're probably talking. They're not going to have sat on it too long. Um, two maybe three weeks ago um who knows i'd say something in that time frame they were talking about like the obj trade um and there's lots of there's several several really really good articles on here so i'd encourage you to go read them there's been 12 in total um that they've done in trust the browns process week basically how we became the it team so um no I'd, i'd encourage people to go read them they are really good i tweeted it out earlier this week but uh you just go over to the ringer um, they've got it as a special there, so uh, have a good read of them. And uh, no, it's just, it felt like redemption because no doubt I'll get more dogs abuse for all these things I've said over the next three years. And then when I can say, well, John Dorsey agrees with me, now is uh, it's a bit like a uh, do what you want card. So uh, I'm going to enjoy it. So go back to the old motto, please like, share, retweet, send nice things to me and send loads of hate to Jack. Back like the old days. Yep. Jack and Dorsey doing what they want. So uh, Dorsey's on my side, guys. Deal with it. All right, Jack. Well, it's an absolute pleasure speaking with you. Got some great guests this week. Who you got? Who you got? Come on. You got to drop some names. We want names. Um, Hard Knock Superstar, Evan Kajuse. Woo! Yeah, talking about Browns, Stones, and what's he up to at the moment? Oh, you got to ask about them Stones. We've got to know. We, we've got to know. Um, there was, there's six players that um, were all into his Stones. Listen to the podcast to find out which ones. So, and I've also, did you see what JJ Watt tweeted yesterday? No. It's a very good tweet. Very good tweet. You'll like this. It says, have a day at Tammy Abrahams. Hashtag 
Norwich Chelsea. JJ Watt, big Chelsea fan. Chelsea won. So it was a good day. So uh, keep going, JJ. You've got one good football team, and that is Chelsea and not the Houston Texans. And uh, Joe Schobert will be happy West Ham won. Yeah, we're not in the uh, making West Ham happy business. Sodom. And poor old Greg Joseph. His <laughs> team lost 2-1 to Crystal Palace. He's not having a good weekend. He is not having a good weekend. But uh, hey, support Man United. That's your own problem. But uh, no, have a fantastic week, Paul. And um, enjoy the rest of Greece. And I will see you soon. Go Browns. Speak to you soon.